great idea for Valentine's Day. Locally produced wines from Diamond Hill Vineyards, 3145 Diamond Hill Road, Cumberland. Right now we're featuring Scarlet Red, River Valley White, Reverie Mold Red, and a great selection of fruit wines, including Cranberry Apple, Blueberry, Black Crush Blend, and Spiced Apple. We're open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 12 noon to 4 p.m. Have a question? Call us at 333-2751. We also do custom labels for anniversaries and businesses. And, well, you name it, we'll put your name on the bottle. Diamond Hill Vineyards, a northern Rhode Island landmark. Charming Ambient. In a cozy setting with scrumptious food and entertainment is a great way to describe Zero's Tavern at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Charming ambience in a cozy setting with scrumptious food and entertainment is a great way to describe Zero's Tavern at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Stop by for lunch Wednesday through Sunday featuring new luncheon specials added by Chef Fernando. Check out our soup served in a crock and deli sandwich combos for $10.99. Or a specialty combos like Philly cheese and sirloin steak sandwiches served with your choice of soup, salad, Caesar salad, fries, or seasonal vegetables. And at the bar, appetizers, including house-mixed cocktails and sangria specials, they're all $6 every day till 5 p.m. I recommend the tequila margaritas. Come on in and enjoy your lunch at Ciro's Wednesdays through Sundays, or come in and wind down after work at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Ciro's of Woonsocket. Let's be happy again and wine and dine at Ciro's. It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 769-0600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Upfront program for uh, this uh, Thursday morning. And uh, today, uh, we're going to talk with Mike Sousa over at uh, at Landmark Medical Center. And uh, he's in studio uh, with us, and uh, he's been here before. <laughs> and his, uh, he, he's got a job that I wouldn't want to have, uh, but, um, but he seems satisfied with it, uh, talking with him uh, before we get on the air. Uh, welcome to our program. And um, I want to thank, um, let's see, who did, I uh, want to thank Governor McKee for his uh, interview uh, the other day telling us about uh, the budget uh, that he has proposed and as it uh, makes its way through the Rhode Island uh, General Assembly. And also we, um, after uh, a visit with Peter Nerona, our Attorney General for the state of Rhode Island, we got a visit from his contender. There's going to be somebody else on the ballot in November uh, running against uh, Peter Nerona. He's a very popular uh, Attorney General in Rhode Island. But on the other hand, uh, this uh, gentleman uh, who comes from uh, West Greenwich and has a law practice in Coventry, and his name is Charles Kalenda, is uh, going to challenge the Attorney General for his seat. And uh, we uh, had a nice uh, conversation with uh, him yesterday, talking about uh, violence, gun laws, uh, gangs in Rhode Island, things like that. And um, he's got some uh, interesting perspectives, too. Thank you, Charles, for visiting with us. Today, um, we're going to uh, chat about Landmark Medical Center. We're certainly quite aware of uh, their presence uh, here in Woonsocket. And uh, so I'm going to kind of, like, be uh, very general in the beginning with... Uh, with Michael, and uh, then uh, we'll, uh, we'll dig down a little bit deeper. Uh, before we get on the air, I said, well, uh, do you want to take some calls um, on the program? And uh, and uh, she said, yeah, sure. If you uh, want to uh, call in, ask a question, you're, you're welcome to do that. And, of course, our email, that number is 7690600. Our email address is the same as usual, 7, uh, upfront at WNRI.com. And I'll open that uh, little file up so that I don't miss any emails from our listeners in case you have a question for him. Well, that was a long uh, spiel on my part. Uh, so let's say hello to uh, Michael Sousa, CEO of uh, Landmark Medical Center, uh, Division of Prime Health Care Services. Hello, Michael. Welcome back to our radio station. Hello. Great to be here. Good to, uh, to have you in studio. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm like I said, I'll, I'll begin with an extremely general question. Uh, so, uh, how has Landmark uh, done through uh, through all this? Because we certainly hear when the governor has his news briefings, 
that uh, whether it's a hospital or whether it's a nursing home or a nursing care agency, everybody is having their their challenges. So uh, tell me about the, the challenges of the last 18 months uh, for, for you. Yep. So, you know, first I'd like to say that we're, you know, very proud of all of our staff at, at Landmark Medical Center. The last two years have probably been the most challenging uh, two years, at least in the 27 years that I've been doing this. Um, the staff has really stepped up and, and done a great job. Uh, speaking of staff, that's probably the, the biggest challenge. Uh, staffing has uh, been a challenge um, for the past two years, but really, especially in the last three to six months, it's really um, been a challenge every day with trying to get enough staff in the hospital to take care of the patients we have. Luckily, we've been able to maintain full services, so we still do elective surgeries, inpatient ED, ancillaries, everything is still open, uh, but definitely a challenge to, to staff the hospital every day, just as every other hospital in the state and nationally are having right now. So when you talk about staff, um, there's a wide range of staff uh, we're, we're talking about. Um, and and what has been the, well, first of all, let's start with, with the uh, professional staff, uh, you know, uh, uh, doctors and nurses and, uh, and, and skilled uh, uh, technicians. Uh, are they um, reluctant to, uh, to stay in this environment or are they uh, meeting the challenge too? So, luckily, we haven't had any issues with physici- on the physician side. Um, on the other professional side, on, you know, nursing, CNAs, techs, um, that's where the challenge has been within hospitals. And it's for many reasons. The first is, I think after two years, people are just tired. Uh, where a year and a half ago, people were picking up more shifts, more overtime. Uh, we're not seeing that as much now because they're just tired. Some, if they were near retirement age, retired. Um, some have decided that maybe bedside care isn't what they want to be doing after this challenging past two years. Um, so they've moved on to other positions like administrative positions. Some have left the field. Um, some have become travel nurses. Travel nurses right now are making a, uh, a very increased amount of uh, pay of, you know, than they ever have. Normally a nurse, you know, ranges somewhere in that $40 an hour range. A agency or what we call a traveler nurse that you would call in used to be around 80 or 90 an hour because you got to pay the agency, pay travel, housing uh, type costs while they're here. Now traveling nurses paying the agency um, is somewhere between 160 and 200 per hour. Um, so again, that causes a challenge at the hospital. But again, you know, the, the staff has also looked for those positions because they can make a, a lot more an hour other than the traditional bedside care that they get. Hey, Michael, it could be worse. You could have been the administrator or could be the administrator of St. Vincent's in, uh, in Worcester, but you're not. I mean, you've got Landmark here in Woonsocket, happy place. <laughs> that, that is very true. And like I said, we're, we're very you know, thankful and proud of you know, all the hard work that the staff does, not only in the last two years, but every day that they do for the, for the community. So <clears throat> how much of... Uh, Vaccine. I don't want to take vac- vaccine resistance. Have you had uh, on your on your staff? Because it's a fair question, I think. Because um, police departments. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Providence Police Department, you still got fifty-seven guys uh, and a force of uh, of over nine hundred uh, who uh, are not vaccinated. And I don't want to get into the debate as to why I should or should not be vaccinated. But how much of an impact has that had on your facility so luckily it didn't have a lot we we had just about a 98 percent vaccination rate at the hospital we have about 1100 employees at at landmark um when the mandate went in uh with the state of rhode island um that as of you know november 1st you had to be fully vaccinated or you could not be employed or led into the hospital we lost 26 people Uh, so 26 out of 1100 not a small amount, but again, every person, you know, especially at this time of a staffing challenge is definitely causes it to be even more challenging um, when you lose people. And those 20 sits were all over. They were, you know, security. They were techs. They were nurses. Uh, they were across the hospital. I never promised you any easy questions. Uh, you know, we didn't uh, speak directly. Uh, Carolyn and I have been communicating to arrange your visit, but... Um, but uh, uh, here's an, an unfair question, but 
do you think uh, that we have turned the corner? I know you're not a medical doctor. Have you think we've turned the corner on this, that we might be at least heading in the downslope? Or, or uh, don't get your hopes up, Roger. Um, I'd like to be optimistic and, you know, think that after two years, um, you know, well, you know, at least on a downslope or at least we know what to do now. Um, we know, you know, how to treat it. We have, you know, better medications to treat it. Um, we know, you know, where patients should seek care. So I think we've learned a lot. So I hope we're on the kind of downslope from that. I think it'll stay around for a while. Um, it could be kind of the, the next kind of flu that we have um but you know hopefully we've learned enough that you know we we know how to treat it and we know what to do and um that should Im- improve it and we've seen at least in the most recent um the at least the the patients aren't as sick as they were a year and a half ago not as many patients in the icu not as many patients getting admitted to the hospital with covid um or not staying as long um with covid as they had previously if you just joined us here on WNRI, um, we are interviewing uh, Michael Sousa, Mike Sousa, CEO, Landmark Medical Center here in Woonsocket. And uh, we are going to get to other uh, questions, you know, like, uh, of course, we're going to get to the emergency care department and some of the other divisions of Landmark that operate. Um, but um, uh, we're going to take care of a few other things. Uh, one thing that um, when Attorney General Narona was here uh, and also his uh, his challenger, I I just didn't realize that Attorney General gets into um, into the business of um, of healthcare in the sense of uh, hospital conversions, but they do, and they are, and um, and I I know that Landmark Medical Center has a position. Uh, there's a big um, uh, there's a big merger that's uh, getting ready to take place. Maybe you can give us, um, uh, and Landmark's not too happy about this, right? Uh, and neither are you, Mike, right? Correct. Okay, so maybe you can give a layman's uh, um, summary of what you, you, you think is going on and how uh, this merger that seems like down the road in Providence, and we shouldn't even be concerned about it, uh, how it could concern us here in Woonsocket area. Yep. Uh, so, you know, as many know, uh, Care New England, uh, which operates three hospitals, and Lifespan, which operates four hospitals in the state, are looking to merge together. That needs to get approval from both the Attorney General, Department of Health, and the Federal Trade Commission from a federal level. Um, we do have concerns because if these two come together, they will represent more than 80% of the hospital revenues and services in the state of Rhode Island. Um, they will probably... Um, operate at least that amount, 80% or more, of the physician services um, in the state of Rhode Island. And I think, you know, even if we just put it kind of in layman's terms, I don't think there's anything that we would want anybody to own 80% or more of. We wouldn't want 80% of the gas stations owned by one company because we know what that leads to. That can lead to, you know, access concerns, cost concerns, and that's our concern up here in northern Rhode Island is that this will create a monopoly. Um, You're putting the two highest paid, highest cost organizations together. Um, That's going to increase the cost of care. Um, That's going to cause issues for us in in Northern Rhode Island. Um, And if there's any services that we lose because we can't compete with this monopoly, that'll cause an access to care uh, for the individuals in Northern Rhode Island where these hospitals aren't represented. So... uh I am looking at a letter that uh, that you sent out just recently to uh, the Attorney General's office and to uh, the uh, Department of Health. And so are there going to be any other letters going out to them? Or is this so widespread in the state that um, uh, we're going to hear from few objectors like yourself? Uh, and, um, and, you know, have you hired a lobbyist to at least... Uh, Put your argument in front of uh, the AG and in front of the health department? Yep. Uh, so to start with that, we do have a lobbyist. We, we have one, you know, for this issue, but we have one just regularly um, that we work through. The uh, process that, that they go through um, with, again, Department of Health, Attorney General, and FTC is a pretty thorough review. Uh, with the FTC, I personally have talked with them for probably more than 15 hours of a deposition. 
um, where they've asked many questions about about this merger. Um, the Department of the Department of Health and Attorney General hold public hearings. They had one last Wednesday that I attended um, to comment at. There was one the previous week also. Um, and then the letter that I sent in was a follow-up to the public comment session last Wednesday. Um, they continually take written comments. I believe they might even have one more public comment session. And at both sessions, they were both uh, two-hour sessions, and they were pretty full with comments. And you were there, but did, did was there anybody expressing your point of view, or or is this all pro uh, merger? I would say there were there were many that were in opposition, and again, many in opposition because of just the you know what's perceived as a monopoly or um, you know kind of a competition issue um, when you have somebody that represents eighty percent of the the market concerns with employees of those organizations that testified. Um, other healthcare providers in the state concerned, um, and then even um, government agencies that were that are concerned about the increased cost of care. Mike, I don't know if you know, uh, but when socket residents like myself are pretty protective of Landmark Medical Center, and this is not the first time that there's been a threat to Landmark, <laughs> as you know. And I remember when uh, there were public hearings and uh, people had to go testify at the high school. I know I, I, I did myself. Uh, so, I guess the nature of my question is, so Mike Sousa goes to the hearings, but is there anything that uh, people are concerned about uh, their local hospital can do to, um, to assist you in uh, maybe uh, getting um, politicians to understand that this is uh, uh, serious and that uh, people besides administrators of the hospital are interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, anybody, again, can, can express, you know, public comment, reach out to their elected officials, uh, reach out to the Department of Health or Attorney General's office and express concerns that, again, if you have somebody that represents 80% of the market, most physicians are going to gravitate to that organization. Um, and if they do, it could really harm the northern Rhode Island area. Um, and we want to be here at Landmark. We've been here for, I think, 130-plus years we're hopeful to be here for for many many more to serve serve this community. I think we we play a you know a great role here. We offer many services for the community, uh, looking to continually expand services, improve the equipment we have, um, and we want to keep that going. And this could threaten that. So I'm looking at the uh, principles involved here in the uh, application. Uh, so does that mean that? Uh, South County Hospital or uh, or Westerly, they're not involved. Are, are there other hospitals besides Landmark that are that are concerned about this? Yep the the other hospitals that are that are concerned are the Charter Care Hospitals, uh, Fatima and Roger Williams. They're not part of it. South County um, has been pretty vocal, and then also uh, Westerly, but again to a little bit lesser degree, just because they're they're so far removed from kind of the core of this uh, merger in Providence. Um, and they're affiliated with Yale and Connecticut, so they pull more from the Connecticut side than they do Rhode Island. Let me uh, just finish off our discussion on this about the timetable here. Could this happen um, very soon, uh, this approval of uh, the uh, application, or uh, is this uh, still like um, months off? So we will uh, see the approval. Um, the approval is due sometime mid-March. Uh, from the Department of Health and Attorney General. They could do it sooner than that. That's kind of their, their deadline based on the, the Certificate of Need law. Um, the FTC has been um, look, reviewing this now for probably about six months, I think we've been, you know, had different discussions with them. I would believe the FTC may rule within the next two weeks. Um, and then the Department of Health and Attorney General uh, probably within the next month. Again, they can rule three different ways. One is to approve it. One is to deny it. And the third is to approve it with a long list of conditions on what that approval is based on. Yes. Stipulations, as they say, right? Yes. A couple of things uh, before we take our break. And um, first of all, uh, I don't know if you get many of these. Um, this is a positive email we have I'm going to read to you. Um, do you ever... Uh, Get to positive emails or positive uh, comments? Uh, 
we we actually do and yeah. you know we usually get them a, you know a lot about staff a particular staff person and then we recognize that staff person at the hospital you'll love this one good morning roger that's me and mr Sousa. i just wanted to thank you and your team for saving my dad january 18th uh he went into uh cardiac arrest it was without oxygen 50 it's either 50 or 58 minutes my my poor vision here your team never gave up, so I just want to thank you for saving him. And uh, so there it is, that kind of thing. You get that? Yes. Once in a while? Good. Yep, very good. And we, we've got a great team there at Landmark. All right. We're going to take a call from a listener. Now, that was a positive email. You never know what's at the other end of the <laughs> phone, uh, Mike. Uh, it's, uh, it's the way it goes with this game. And then uh, we'll have some commercials. Then we'll come back and, and talk about um, over uh, capacity and uh, all your services and and um, we're doing an overview of Landmark Medical Center today. The good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess you could say. Let's, uh, let's see what's going on here and uh, say hello to you. So what's on your mind today? Morning, Mr. Souza. Thanks for taking calls. I want to say I landed in Landmark last uh, January 2020 uh, with kidney stones. And I want to say your staff was nothing less than amazing. It was 11 p.m. on a Sunday. And uh, obviously, this is you know the smaller and and everyone was just so professional. So Why didn't cool. you come in, in earlier? Come on, it's eleven o'clock at night. Come on. <laughs> Don't you have any sensibility for the staff? Anyway, uh, go ahead. you know, uh, yeah, I know it was. Uh, but it, I want to say they were great. And I left at about four a.m. I was walking out, and it was the same crew on, and they they gave me a smile on the way out, and they said, "Hey, we hope you hope you feel better." And I just want to say, excellent crew you got over there, sir, and you should be proud of that. Um, I know you're talking more about the business aspect and not medical stuff today, but a question is, what is the exact, just, I'm just curious on this one, the, the policy about the, um, the workers and the vaccine. Are, is it required vaccine? And um, my second part to that question is the, the natural immunity, people who have fully recovered from COVID. Is that counted um, when it comes to people uh, you know, if somebody presents fully full recovery. Does that, do they count that as immunity? And uh, yeah, that's all I have, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, you're on, Mike. All right. So, you know, first, thank you for that. You know, comment again. You know. We're thankful every day for the great team we have at Landmark and, you know, in their emergency room, they do a great job. Again, I've been at Landmark as the CEO for five years and, you know, I don't think, you know, some people know the kind of the hidden gem we have up here in Northern Rhode Island. In regards to the um, vaccination, the state law mandate is is pretty clear and um, and we, we tried to test that and it didn't, it didn't go so well with the Department of Health. Their mandate is if you... Um, are going to be employed by a hospital and allowed to enter the building, you need to be fully vaccinated, which means two shots, uh, not a booster, just the two shots. And um, if you don't have those two shots, you can file a medical exemption. But the list of medical exemptions uh, is very minimal um, and they're very rare items. So I think we have uh, two people that qualified for a medical exemption. Uh, so basically, you need to be fully vaccinated or you can't be employed by the hospital. Um, we tried to test that to see if, you know, things like you mentioned, whether people have immunity if they have it, whether they could file religious accommodation, and the Department of Health refused that. They said they needed to be fully vaccinated with the two shots, have a medical exemption, or they could not be allowed into the building. Um, so they were they were pretty clear with that, and unfortunately, based on that, uh, we lost 26 individuals at, at Landmark. We're going to take a break here for some commercials. Uh, it's been good so far, right? Uh, right. Very good. See, what a nice guy I am. I'm not going to ask you whether you're happy or sad, whether the uh, health department director has left. I'm going to leave that for another day. Um, however, we're going to take a break for some commercials. And uh, we're going to begin with a, a nice little boutique in Blackstone. Love is in the air, every sight and every sound. Yes, it's time to get into the mood for Valentine's Day. Afterglow Boutique is located at 43 Main Street, Blackstone, Massachusetts. Afterglow Boutique is the lifestyle for the today woman. There are mugs, loungewear, dresses, hats, gloves, and much, much more. Afterglow Boutique and shop for the one you love. It's all there. Everything you need to gift your loved one. Afterglow Boutique is located at 43 Main Street, Blackstone, Massachusetts. See Marissa Santos, the CEO, or call 508-928-2396. 
That's 508-928-2396. Love is in the air. Folks, have you discovered New Spot Nutrition in Cumberland? It's a protein shake and energy bar. It's a place where you can pick up your energy tea, choose a tea flavor, and choose an aloe flavor with natural caffeine and B vitamins. You can also enjoy your favorite shakes like vanilla, chocolate and wildberry, and protein bars. For the best healthy drinks and protein-packed snacks in town, visit New Spot Nutrition, 3416 Menden Road in Cumberland, where West Rentham Road meets Menden, just beyond the fire station. You're welcome to dine in with free Wi-Fi, too. All right, the honey shop here in Woonsocket. They've been having some nice classes. Matter of fact, my wife and I took a, a class on cooking uh, with low carbohydrates, uh, lots of protein. We took it at the... Uh, at the Honey Shop. It was great. And you, too, can take some uh, workshops at the Honey Shop. This coming Sunday, they're doing a foraging exploration workshop for organic free foods that you can find out in the wild. And um, that's been uh, very, very uh, popular. Uh, they've had them before, and they're having them again. And then next weekend, uh, just before Valentine's Day... On a Saturday, we're having our wave painting class. That's a resin wave painting class. Just in time for Valentine's Day. What you do is you create your own Valentine's painting theme and present it to your loved one on Valentine's Day a couple of days later. And also coming up uh, with uh, just mentioning, uh, we have a pasta making class coming up. We have a sourdough bread making class coming up. And... uh, other classes too. Check the Facebook page of the Honey Shop, which is located at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. If you love food, you'll love us. Uh, we um, we also have, uh, in addition to uh, some of the the great foods, we have um, handcrafted jewelry, essential oils, fragrance oils, skincare products, total body health products, supplements, and so much more. And of course, our our signature product. Breathe, and we have plenty of honey too. We're the honey shop, right? That makes sense. Kathy and Paul welcome you. Have any questions on any of our classes or any of our foods or any of our items? 766 1488, the honey shop in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. All right, and now I'm looking at my commercial, um, commercial run here. And next on the program is, um, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. That's a great restaurant. Love to go there. And um, and now we're going to have uh, their message. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu. Or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home. At Savini's Pomodoro. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, 2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike, the manager. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. 
right, the panel has reconvened. Welcome back to our program. We have a few commercials. We've got a few more commercials, too, Mike, uh, coming up. So brace yourself for that. Um, let me see. Now, we had a caller online that um, that was waiting, and, and they dropped off. And um, that may be a good or good bad thing. I'm not sure, Mike. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, being uh, very interested in our listeners, if you did uh, hang up because, uh, you know, the commercials were playing and you never thought we were going to get to you, we'll get to you if you want to call back. And if you have a question for Mike, I have... Um, other uh, questions uh, for him. Uh, I had a note here um, from myself um, uh, for him. Let me pull it out. This was something that Carolyn sent me a long time ago here. And uh, we'll blame you, Carolyn. Anyway, it was back when um, Landmark earned an A as one of the country's uh, toughest review groups um, uh, did. It was called Leapfrog Group. And we often will report their results here on uh, the radio. This is another softball question for you, Mike, so you'll be happy about this one. Anyway, they um, they uh, gave um, Landmark uh, a pretty uh, pretty good rating. It was an A rating uh, for that. Um, what do you do with information like that? Uh, you, you put it in your file and say, I feel good about it? Or uh, in Carolyn's case, you know, we publicized that for a while so that uh, people would know in the community that uh, that landmark is getting uh, some some recognition, but what do you do with it? Um, so you know, first, like you said, we do uh, push that out so people know uh, what a high quality organization we have at Landmark Medical Center, and we also celebrate it within to thank the staff for their hard work. Again, Leapfrog measures uh, many things. It mentioned it it measures patient safety and quality and patient experience and. Um, items in the ICU and emergency room, um, and to be an A is is really you know significant for our for our hospital. Um, so again, we thank the staff through you know things like ice cream socials and food trucks and um, whatever we can bring in to really you know thank them for all the hard work they do. Um, and Landmark has really improved. You know, five years ago, um, five six years ago, Landmark was a C. Um, we got up to. You know, a B, I think three years ago, and for the last couple of years, we've been an A. Um, so we've really put a focus on quality and patient safety, and we've been able to achieve that and have the, you know, the highest grade that you can achieve from LeapFrog and, you know, one of, I think, only two hospitals in the state that have that. Listener, uh, quote, unquote, here, where do you get your doctors from and your nurses from? Do you recruit them or do they come to you automatically? All right. Um, so it's uh, for physicians. It's it's recruit. Uh, we use a uh, recruiter through our parent company, Prime Healthcare, that uh, provides us with physicians. Um, we also sometimes hear from our own physicians about physicians we should reach out to um, that may be looking for a, for a new home. And we also use some national recruiters. So um, you know, it's 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 kind of multifaceted recruiting on the physician side, on the nursing side. Um, some do just come to us and just apply through the natural, you know, see a job on our website and apply. Um, but then we also do, again, recruiting through uh, recruiting um, in our human resource department, but also through, like, nursing schools and other places we know we can get uh, staff from. Is there such a thing as an intern anymore? Is that a, an old term that you only see on TV medical shows? Or, or who, who actually comes in as a new doctor? Um, so for a new doctor, you know, we do now have interns. So Landmark Medical Center um, has, again, been around for 130 plus years. We've never been a teaching hospital or had interns and residents. As of July 1st of last year, we are now a teaching hospital. We have an affiliation with New York Medical College in Valhalla, New York. And we do have interns and residents at the hospital. This year was our first year as of July 1st to be a teaching hospital. We have 17 interns and residents as of july 1st of this year we will have 20 sits at the hospital i never heard that uh, until now uh, has that been uh, out there that you're um, a teaching hospital aff affiliated with a, a new york uh, hospital yeah we uh, new york school uh, rather yeah so we've pushed it out i think you know softly i think we'll mm -hmm. you know push it out even more now that we're entering year two and we'll have a full program our full program is 26 interns and residents the first year um it's again a three-year program like every other residency 
This year, we only have year one and two residents, so that's why we have 17. Next year, we'll have year one, two, and three residents, so we'll have the full 26 um, and definitely be a lot more aggressive with pushing out there to let the community know that we're now a, a teaching hospital at, at Landmark, and that's for inside the hospital. But our interns and residents also rotate among many of the community physicians out in the community. We mentioned cardiology before, so they do rotate through Dr. Saber now Gabri's office, Dr. Sadiq and Maz's office in cardiology. Um, and then right behind the hospital at 20 Cumberland Hill, the medical building we own, the residents actually have a clinic. So if you need to, if you don't have a primary care physician and you need one, you can actually get hooked up with an intern and resident um, as your primary care physician along with an attending that supervises them. And specialty care also? I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of cardiac, but mm-hmm. uh, what, what about... Um you know, somebody who's um, got um, a back problem or a wrist problem or something? Yep. So our, our teaching program is focused on internal medicine, um, which is more of a primary care focus. Mm-hmm. But with internal medicine, they do have to rotate through many specialties because it's more of a generalized primary care type uh, medicine. So they could, you know, treat kind of the things that you would normally go see your family or primary care physician for. Does uh, that begin mostly with a phone call directly to Landmark or a referral from a doctor? Um, again, you, we can, you know, push out that number directly um, where you can hook up with the resident clinic that they have. Um, but also if you come in either an emergency patient or an inpatient and we find you don't have a primary care physician, we will refer you to that clinic so that you can get follow-up care. I don't know if you've been on your website recently. But I'm looking at it right now. I called it up. It says here, uh, ER wait time, uh, door to provider 25 minutes. Now, does that change all the time or is that what your objective is? Um, you know, so, again, we want it to be as, as low as possible. It, it does change from, from time to time. Um, you know, again, you know, some of that could be based on Is that on longer staffing. than you want, uh, 25 minutes? Or, uh, um, it we, says here, uh, door to provider. So yeah. um, that's not too long. No, and, you know, again, our, our goal is to be 20 minutes or less. So we're, we're pretty, pretty close to that at, at 25. Um, you know, and that's from, you know, coming in, register, and getting into the, to the back where you're actually seeing a provider. 25 minutes is, is pretty quick. We like it to be at that, you know, kind of 20 minutes or less, kind of gold standard. And um, we usually hover around there, but there's, there's times again when the, the emergency room gets very busy. So, do you ever uh, um, deal with uh, patients who shouldn't be in the emergency room? Uh, we've had uh, callers to our talk show sometimes uh, suggest that uh, that some people use uh, the emergency department as um, you know just a way to you know get a checkup, uh, primary care um, instead of uh, emergency. How do you uh, make the distinction? Do you make the distinction? Um, so we do know individuals that, that do do that. Um, again, as an emergency room under federal law, we have to treat everyone that comes in. Um, we're open 24-7, 365. So anybody that walks in that door gets treated for whatever their condition is and then gets you know discharged hopefully home. Um, again, if now that we have the residency clinic where we have a primary care site that these patients can see, once they're treated in the emergency room and we know that they're using the emergency room for more things that should be treated in the community, we can refer them to that clinic. So hopefully in the future they go there rather than use the emergency room. And again, we want the emergency room to be for the, for the patients that are the, the sickest and more severe um, and patients getting treated where they, they should. Having interviewed people over the years, I would uh, summarize your answer by saying, that the emergency department has a protocol that goes into place when this happens. <laughs> Can we assume that? Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, you're on the Upfront program, and uh, we're chatting. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we always like to do that. Uh, people say, well, you know, I, I just tuned in. Who is this guy talking? Uh, this uh, individual is uh, Michael Sousa. Mike Sousa is what we call him, CEO, Landmark Medical Center. We uh, reach out uh, to Mike or Carolyn reaches out to Roger every once in a while. 
and uh, we kind of do an overview of what's going on at Landmark Medical Center. And um, so my question has to do now with visitors to uh, the hospital. You know, somebody's hospitalized, you like to see somebody that you love and care for. And uh, these are times where uh, there are, well, we'll go back to protocols again. Uh, so as of uh, February 2022, what are you doing about visitors? Can they come? Um, so they, they can come. We have limited uh, visiting hours from between 5 and 7 p.m., just in that two-hour span. We've also asked that visitors are, you know, one of two things. Either they are fully vaccinated um, or they have a negative test uh, that they can provide us. Again, we want to make sure that the patients are safe and that also our staff is safe. Um, at a time where staff is very critical and also very minimal, um, we want to make sure that we're keeping every one of them uh, safe. So, again, trying to limit the uh, time of, staff, of uh, visiting hours from 5 to 7 and then making sure anybody coming in the hospital, just like our staff, is mandated to be fully vaccinated, that visitors are at least fully vaccinated or have a negative test just so that we know that we're not ha causing any issue in any of our units. Mr. Sousa, I have heard, I've been listening and I have not heard you mention the Rehabilitation Hospital of Rhode Island. Are you still affiliated with them? Please advise. Yep. So, uh, so the Rehab Hospital of Rhode Island up until April 1st of last year was owned by uh, Prime Healthcare and Landmark Medical Center. As of April 1st of last year, we now have a joint venture with Kindred. Uh, healthcare. Kindred Healthcare is one of the leading national rehab providers in the country uh, with more than 100 uh, rehab sites. And we have partnered with them. We're now, uh, we each own a share of the hospital uh, through a joint venture. And they are actually the ones managing the hospital. So they manage the care of the rehab patients. And we provide a lot of the support services. So like dietary and facilities, so we provide still the support services, but the clinical patient care side is managed by Kindred. So we're, we're in this joint venture where we're sharing now. So um, we'll uh, draw from that answer that uh, the rehab hospital is alive and functioning mm -hmm. uh, and that there have been some ownership changes, but uh, you still uh, have a relationship with them. Yes. All right. Let's uh, take a call. And what do you want to talk about with uh, Mike Sousa today? Hi, good morning, Hi. Uh, Mr. Sousa. I just had a question, um, I, and I apologize, I joined the program a little bit late this morning. Um, have you already discussed how many people have died from COVID at, at the hospital? No, we haven't discussed that yet. Uh, would you like to talk about uh, people who have passed away at the hospital, sir? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with, with COVID, you know, just, you know, like with any other, you know, condition of disease, we've had... Um, you know, a couple hundred people that have passed away uh, from COVID. Uh, most recently, it, it definitely has decreased, and it's a lot more rare to see somebody uh, pass away from COVID. But in the first, you know, six to nine months of it, we did see a significant amount of people that ended up in the ICU were a lot more severe. A lot of them were uh, elderly um, that did, unfortunately, uh, pass away from COVID. Sir, uh, while you're on the line, I'm going to take the, uh, uh, the lead here and ask Mr. Sousa uh, uh, the, the, the tougher little question here about deaths. Um, when you mention uh, somebody who passes away from COVID, is it COVID or, uh, or, you know, because other administrators have been questioned on this. And uh, so, uh, you know, I would be remiss not to say it. Is it COVID or or do, do they sometimes categorize people uh, with something else? Yes. So anybody, um, at least from reporting to the Department of Health as a death, anybody who has COVID um, is reported as a COVID death. Mm -hmm. I would say the uh, more than majority of people that have passed away from COVID, at least at our hospital, have had other issues, have had cardiac issue, diabetes, a pulmonary issue, um, have had other you know, complications that, that probably made uh, having COVID much worse. So COVID brought them to the hospital, though. <laughs> yes. If there wasn't COVID out there, they probably would still be alive, right? Uh, sir, uh, did you want to uh, follow up or did I... Uh... Yeah, you did. You, you asked the, the follow-up question that I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. And I wish um, um, if, if the CEO could, could just put some numbers to it just as close as possible 
or, or percentage-wise, um, how many people died with COVID and how many people died actually from COVID? Just if he has a, a number, very close. I, I don't expect him to have right. exact numbers. So. We'll see how he does on that question. Thank you for your call, sir. Okay. Yeah. You're on, Mike. Yep. So I would, you know, if I had to, you know, kind of ballpark it, I would say um, about 20, 20% of the people died from COVID. Um, probably 80% of the people died, um, you know, because they had COVID and other um, issues, medical issues along with that. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, this one is signed. Sandra uh, writes an email from time to time. Recently, I was admitted to Landmark for, um, looks like an appendix here. I'm a retired nurse, 40 plus career. So, of course, um, I'm critical regarding healthcare performance. My grade for the nurses, as well as the other staff, is A+. The only department that seemed stressed was the emergency room. They were overwhelmed and ran their tails off. I was sympathetic since I walked a mile in their shoes. So keep up the great work and thank you for your service. So thank you, Sandra, for your email. And... Uh, any comment or just hit another phone call here? No, I, again, I would just, you know, thank the, uh, the, the commenter and, and say, yes, our ED at times is, you know, very stressed. Uh, before COVID, we would average about, um, at any given time, about 30, 35 patients in the ED. It is um, pretty regularly. We're seeing now between 50 and 55 patients in the ED at any given time. So, Carolyn, how am I doing over there? All right. Okay, fine. Let's take another call here on the Upfront program. You are up next, and what do you want to uh, ask uh, Mike about? Hi. Um, I have been to Landmark as an inpatient several times, yeah. and the cardiac care unit has saved my mom. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, the emergency department, um, I several times, I mean, in order to become an inpatient, clearly you come in through the ER, and I found their treatment to be beyond substandard. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that sometimes they are overwhelmed with a lot of patients, but I have been literally the only person in a bed in the ER in the middle of the night and have been ignored while nurses and doctors sit around chatting. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been treated rudely, repeatedly, and also my other main concern with the ER is private health information has been repeated to people who have no business hearing a health issue. Okay. Let's see how Mr. Uh, Sousa handles that appreciate your call. I'm sorry? I said I'm going to ask Mr. Sousa how he feels about the information you just shared with us. Fair enough? the hospital repeatedly as has my father and my the rest of my family but the er i will tell you last year my dad was taken via rescue twice in less than one week and was sent home finally we insisted he go to miriam they admitted him immediately and he was near death so i don't know who or where they're getting their physicians from but they really need to do better. Thank okay. you. Thank you. All right. So now uh, somebody, uh, we had some happy people. What about her, her unhappiness and some of the things that she uh, criticized? Yeah. So, you know, first, uh, you know, call apologize for, you know, any um, impression that you have that you, you know, weren't uh, taken care of appropriately or weren't <laughs> listened to or information wasn't, uh, you know, held confidential like it like it should. Again, if you have any concerns like that or anyone does, they should reach out to administration. Again, I get calls, uh, you know, good and bad all the time. Um, I would gladly speak to anyone. We also, within the hospital, have what we call a patient experience officer. That patient experience officer is also uh, within, the, within the hospital um, every day, and they can also go right to the bedside and address any issues immediately. Um, again... Um, apologize for any of that happening. We will follow up with the emergency room to make sure that there aren't any issues like that. Um, again, you know, um, if there is any time when there is, that should just be elevated so that we can take care of it immediately. So, and uh, I've been doing this show since 1983, 
and I've had different administrators from Landmark in here before. So it's not the first time we've heard uh, that kind of a thing. But I guess the follow-up question I would have is that what happens when you get that nasty phone call? Do you have, like, uh, a system to uh, to follow up uh, to get to the bottom of uh, the complaint? We do. So if it is, you know, during kind of the daytime hours, uh, patient experience person will meet with that patient immediately so that we can address those concerns and work with the clinical team to make sure we address it. Um, if I am around and I am contacted, I also go right to the bedside and I will um, address that issue immediately. If it is on off hours, there is always an administrator on call. I am one of those administrators on call that rotates through in the off hours and we always have a uh, clinical supervisor on site that I can reach out to to make sure we address that immediately. Mike, we're out of time. Uh, how about uh, comment? Is there something I missed or something you want to uh, tell our uh, radio audience uh, before we uh, end our interview? Uh, you have the last word. All right. So, again, thank you for having me here today and thank all the community for all the support of Landmark Medical Center. Thank the uh, staff at Landmark for the, all the hard work they do. Um, and, um, you know, we look forward to providing a great service here for, for many years to come. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll uh, take care of some uh, advertisements and uh, finish off the time period here on, uh, on the program. For Valentine's Day, you'll find lots of great products to keep you and your heart healthy. It's My Health, Bendon Road, Cumberland. We help our customers and clients make healthy choices. We offer an excellent selection of natural products and services, and we teach health. At It's My Health, we encourage, empower, and equip individuals in their quest for optimal health. We help you choose the right foods and make healthy lifestyle changes. We help you choose the highest quality health products and supplements. And we offer a variety of supporting classes, study groups, and book studies. It's My Health, located at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, where we help people take responsibility for their health. If you have a question, call Marie at 401-305-3585, and she'll talk to you about your good health. Well, tomorrow here on the Upfront Program... Join me every Friday on Upfront. This is John Brian, Friday host of the show. Your calls and comments are always welcome. Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on News Talk 1380 WNRI and 99.9 FM. Matthew and Nelv invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. All right, thank you so very much, and thank you for being with us here. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to uh, Mr. Sousa from Landmark Medical Center. We'll see you tomorrow here on WNRI. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. 9 o'clock in the morning, news is next.